Letters from a Lonely Flyboy is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? Visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That's 208-467-7468. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Letters from a Lonely Flyboy. I'm Kelly Dennis. And I'm Clinton Capcut. Thank you for joining us as we continue on this journey described by our father through his letters home. During this time, he's on a 12-month assignment with the Air Force in Osan, South Korea in 1961. So there's a, a little bit of adult language and content in this episode, just uh, letting you know. And Chuck is pretty sure at this point that he's not going to be transferred, but he talks about a couple of things going well for him, at least. And right now, uh, Clint is going to read letter number 18. Okay, so this letter was dated uh, Wednesday, the 30th of August, 1961. And it reads, Hi, honey. Still no word on what's going to happen to me. Butler and Colonel Talbot seem to think there is no sweat, but nobody here in the Air Division headquarters will even talk to me about it. Sat meetings all day with them, Butler and Talbot, to start getting some background to find out what's going on and then down to the pad again for another look at things at Talbot's insistence. They told my boss they wanted me for the day, and he didn't object, but still no word of any kind. Sure want it, but must admit my hopes are dimming a little after the first sense of speculation. Did get to move today, though, and now I'm in my home, such as it is. <laughs> Corrugated metal building, but only five people live in it, and we have a small refrigerator. A house girl about our age, near as you can tell about these people, Seems like a nice little thing. Thinks you are beautiful, and of course, I agree. <laughs> she has a boy, 12, and a girl, 17. One thing I can say is that this room is about three times the size of the box I've been living in. Got this thing from the Temple of Music and a letter from you telling me about the Sours. Um, say hi for me. I am sure you are both glad to see old Dink. I'll bet poor Kelly is having an awful time trying to figure things out can imagine that under these circumstances, she was especially glad to see Dick. Guess that's about it, honey. I'm glad you're all together again. I sure miss all of you. Say hi to Dick and your mother and pat it on the popo for me. I love you. See. Okay, so still in limbo about the job, but not feeling overly confident at this point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what he's talking about in the first paragraph is, he can't get anybody at the, at the, at the uh, 314th Air Division headquarters to talk to him about what's going on, whether you know there's any consideration or anything. 
but he spent all day long with um, two people, one of whom would be his new boss, and one is leaving that position. Uh, down on the looking at the air, down on the pad, looking at the aircraft, um, and looking the situation over, kind of getting briefed on what what the status of the job or what what the you know what the job requirements are and what right. have you. Um, and he still doesn't know anything about that. I know, but you know, but yet they're you know meeting with him and showing him stuff, and you know. Oh, they want, yeah, they yeah. wanted to, to join the club, but it's a question of whether or not the people who now have him will um, turn him loose. Right. Right. Okay. And at least he got to move. He's in a much bigger spot, yep. but uh, doesn't sound uh, doesn't sound fabulous. <laughs> but uh, at least he's got a small yeah. refrigerator and. More room. He's in, permanent head, he's in his permanent quarters now. Yes, it's a, uh, some sort of a corrugated, probably a Quonset hut. Uh, uh, these corrugated metal buildings, but it's mm-hmm. divided up. Five people live in it. They have a common room. There's, you know, like I don't know, with okay. a radio, probably a refrigerator, and you know, some comfortable furniture. Um, so you know, he's got more room. It feels more permanent rather than just one little tiny room um, that was. Certainly no larger than a regular motel room, if that large. Okay, so, and he talks about the house girl. Is, I, I'm pretty sure that's Miss Pack that he talked about uh, later? I'm, yes, I'm sure that's, that, that's the case. Okay. Um, yeah, and, um, um, but he gets, the next letter, he gets into a little yeah. more about yeah, that's how right. that school. So, uh, so uh, how come I'm having an awful time trying to figure things out? What's going okay. on? <laughs> well, again, remember you're pretty young at this point. Um, so the Sowers were really good friends of theirs. Okay. Um, uh, husband, wife, fire pilot, wife, uh, and he apparently, I think, got transferred to Luke, if I recall correctly. So they lived out in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh-huh. Bought a house up there, um, where where they had planned to retire later. So um, uh, they were happy with that. And they, I can remember, I don't know if it's worth mentioning or not, but when I was a little kid, you know, I did the Valley Lady Down Sleep Prayer at night and included in my prayers uh, by, I think, with instruction from probably mom at the end, you know, you, you mention, you single out a few people for special consideration. Um, and the Sowers and the Smithsons and the Boats were always um, in that consideration. That's how close they were okay. to us. So. Um, and it looks like, um, I got down there finally. Um, and so, um, you would have been somewhat confused because I wasn't, I was there, then I wasn't there. (laughs) Now I am here. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I remember you're not, you're just over 18 months old. Yeah. I'm pretty little. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Your, your world has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, that's true. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. And. Uh, now uh, I'm going to read uh, letter number 19. This one is dated uh, Thursday, 31st August. Hi, honey. My second night in my little home. Incidentally, this is a strictly right-handed room. Also, I'm using the handy-dandy for the first time. Could have used it traveling, of course, but forgot to buy any coffee. Got some MJB Instant, and it's really not bad at all. Still no word on the job change, but Butler got the word today that the U.S. Air Force refused to listen to any arguments about his assignment. This should at least stir the pot. They can't afford to have that job vacant or a change 
where the bosses say hello and goodbye. This operation is a little too important for that. Got your letter dated August 20th today. Tell old Dink I'm glad to hear he's lost another inch of waistline. A couple more and he'll be a real athletic type. You tell Bob Towns that this is my dolly he's spoiling and I won't stand for it. That is strictly dad's prerogative. Glad you saw them though. You tell Kelly that dad will regulate this cocktail party list for her for some time to come. Sounds like she's becoming quite the social butterfly. The house girl is, or looks like she is, going to turn out real well. My room was spick and span tonight. Shoes shined to a sheen. Wore my flying boots today. Been raining for the last two days. And the uniform I wore yesterday, hanging up. Looking like a professional laundry job. Also, everything I had in the footlockers is hung up, and most of it pressed. Didn't hang things up myself because I didn't have any hangers. I understand. <laughs> understand several people are trying to hire her away. I'll have to put a stop to that right quick. May even try to teach her to make martinis. I understand she used to work at the NCO club, but got tired of all the propositions. I'd certainly have to spend more than a year here to do that, but she really is a nice old gal. Really tries to be accommodating, too, almost too much so. Saw me coming in tonight and met me and took my boots to shine and had my slippers waiting. Guess she makes about $60 per month total. Wow. I don't think I could ever get used to being waited on too much. What's the word? Obsequience? A little goes a long way with me, though some of the troops really eat it up. Sure wish they'd make up their minds just what I'm going to do. Can't get interested in, in what I'm supposed to be doing now. I don't feel it's fair to me or my boss. I still want Butler's job, even though it's a lot more than I had thought it would be. I miss you all. I love you. C. Okay, so I, I wonder what he means by right-handed room. I guess it, you know, set up for right-handed people, but <laughs> I've never heard that expression well, before. Probably remember this. So this building is probably chopped up, and what it, and and they put it. You know, each room will probably have like a a desk, a chair, and a comfortable chair, and a bed, not much more than that. But they're, like I say, a little larger than what he, he's been living in. Uh, probably, though, what it, what he means is the bed's probably pushed up against the wall, so you get it in and out of the bed on the right-hand side. Oh, okay. Um, again, these these were set up for utility, not for, um, for um, uh, luxuriousness. Yeah, no, I can, I can imagine not. <laughs> yeah. And the second paragraph, he's talking about Butler. And so Butler, you know, he's ready to go home. Uh, he's supposed yeah. to leave a little early anyway. He, he wants to go home. And, um, and they're not having uh, it. His family and what have you. And the Air Force is saying, oh, no, no, you're not going anywhere. You know, we've got somebody sitting in that job. And you and they are fully briefed. And you guys have had to, had a chance to really uh, thoroughly go over the, the duties and the, and the requirements of the job. Right. Right. Makes sense. Okay, so... I think he can't talk about it, but it's right. got to be like a, um, an alert situation where, you know, if, if, if the war starts again, they, these guys get scrambled pretty quickly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because he is pretty secretive about what exactly, you know, is going on, but it has to be. Yeah, it'd be classified, sure. Okay, okay. So you're losing weight and I'm uh, becoming a social butterfly. In yeah, this letter, and he's telling you know, mom to tell Bob Towns that, that you're his 
his little, little little girl, and he doesn't want anybody trying to take his place. Um, <laughs> and that he's going to set your your uh, cocktail party list um, um, <laughs> for some time to come. He's just, he's just jealous, you know. I mean, oh sure, he's always friends get to see you, the, the ones that are in the United States. Because remember, too, these guys are all fighter pilots, so they can grab a plane and fly anywhere they want to fly to where there's an Air Force base. Um, right. The problem is places where there's like just just a um, landing strip, just a, a local airport. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. they get flying time and they can see their friends. And we had people popping in, uh, friends of theirs popping in all all the time to say hello and make sure mom was doing all that okay and nice. didn't need anything. So. Okay. Okay. And uh, so more and praise that- for his new house girl. He's really really happy with what she's doing. And sounds like yeah. uh, others are noticing too, and want to want to try to steal her away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that you know, remember they don't get, 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 but by Korean standards, um, seven hundred twenty dollars a year back in nineteen sixty one was probably a lot of money. Boy, yeah, it sure doesn't sound like it when uh, you say sixty dollars a month these days. But uh, no. yeah, you have to. I guess you have to keep in mind that place and the time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, are you, were you ready to read letter number 20? I, I am. I you think. are. Yeah. We're um, on to yeah. September. We've yeah. gone the, the first month already. Yeah. Um, so that letter is dated the first of September. Is it not? It is. Okay. This is going to be great. <clears throat> so, um, the letter is dated the first of September, Friday, 1961. It reads, hi, honey. Well, I guess I'm going to be stuck in plans and programs as chief of programs. Saw John today, and he thinks that I've lost out. Seems like there was a personal discussion about me between General Hutchison and General Smart, and somewhere along the line, I got left in the 314. Mm. This damn Hutchison just made BG, Brigadier General, mm-hmm. about two months ago, and is trying hard to build an empire. He already has twice the people he needs. But then if all these people weren't here... They would need a general officer. Right. Just got a word today that George Clark will be here sometime in October. They're going smart, though. They are starting now to figure out what he's going to do. Of course, they should have already <laughs> known that when they put out the requisition, but obviously they don't from the job I'm in. I guess the boss is pretty sharp, but his entire staff, with one exception that I know of, me, are just scared <laughs> to death of him. I guess that one thing TAC headquarters did for me. I learned that generals, regardless of grade, need to ask questions too. I don't think this one asks enough or keeps track of what's going on, but maybe that's the fault of the colonels that are supposed to be on his staff, or his staff chiefs, rather than his own mm-hmm. fault. I know for sure that the entire headquarters is filled with yes men rather than what I consider good staff people. Don't want to bore you with this. I could go on and on. Boy, I bet. No mail today for anybody. I guess trying to figure out the system is a complete waste of time. <laughs> sure do miss you, honey. and miss all of you, of course. But I think you understand. It's not only the sex then. You know the whole thing as well as I do. I love you. Ciao. Yeah, that's got to be hard. Um, he, he still doesn't really know, but it looks like he's not going to get the job he wants. So that's uh... No, um, unfortunately, he's got people speaking loudly and strongly that they they, they desperately need him where he is. Yeah, uh, I'm sure I they do. I don't know 
the people who are, who are overseeing this at um, uh, the <laughs> Air Force headquarters, um, you know, I mean, they've got two people, two different people making arguments or, or different sides making arguments, and, and um, I may not have a sense of, of what's going on fully enough to, to um make the decision at least in the way dad would like to see it yeah no no not at all and that's a bummer and uh so it's our first mention of sex in the in the podcast it won't be our last um that's uh the lonely flyboy part of the <laughs> part of the podcast and uh, poor guy oh uh, okay so i'm yeah, gonna of course, uh, it, it doesn't he doesn't bring it up all at all no like they, he mentioned over and over he you know, he just rants and rants and rants because he really doesn't have anybody else to complain about. Right. What, how the job's going, how the, you know, flying's going and all that stuff. Yeah. So he he, he shares that with her. Yeah, yeah. And he also uh, has times where he really is pretty frank about his feelings about, you know, being away and being away from the family. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay, well, I am going to read our final letter of the episode. Uh, this is uh, dated the 2nd of September, 1961. Hi, honey. Well, it's finally quit raining, for the time being anyway. No mail again today, but since the rain has stopped, there'll probably be lots tomorrow. I get most of it anyway. A couple of the captains in the office hadn't had a word from home in 10 or 11 days. Don't know how often they write, but I believe I'd do something about that. Got more troubles. A a lieutenant colonel's trying to rank me out of my new home, (laughs) such as it is. Got a little nasty, told him to bring me a written order from the base CO and I'd move. Life's little problems. The base people still haven't heard that I'm not going to the 8th. I guess it's possible that Butler could have misunderstood when Talbot, Talbot called him. But then it's too, then too, it's highly improbable. Too much for me to hope again anyway, the hell with it. The pay is the same for planning and practically no responsibility to worry about. Just stay in uniform and keep my mouth shut. Monday is a holiday here, too. Just dandy. Another whole day to waste. No airplanes available. I'm trying to try. I'm going to try to hit a few golf balls tomorrow. We'll probably have to take it a little easy. My knuckle is still just a little sore when I tried to grip hard with my short finger. Starting to get a few sore muscles. I've started my morning exercise routine again, like at command and staff. Have to do something besides sit. I'm going to check with the education troops here, too, about college courses. I'm afraid I'm too late. Meant to, and then I thought I would get Butler's job and not have the time. Miss you badly. All of you. I love you. C. So LC is Lieutenant Colonel, right? I read that right. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like, uh, it sounds like a Lieutenant Colonel's trying to, to get into uh uh, you know, to get into his little home and, and have him go look for another home. Um, Boo. And it brings out a, a thought, it brings out a kind of interesting um, thought for me because um, you said he um, told the told the guy to, you know, uh, a lieutenant colonel, of course, outranks him. But, yeah. Uh, he told him to go get, it, go get a written order from the base commander and he moved. Well, it's interesting he brings out a thought because the Air Force, I think it's, Kind of strange, but they, I guess you have to uh, design life um, in some fashion. Um, quite generally speaking, a base commander on an Air Force base is going to be a full colonel. Okay. Okay. The problem he runs into is it's quite possible 
that there will be people stationed on that base, their headquarters, who outrank him, uh, Joe Austin, what have you. Those people are not worried about how the base runs. They're not worried about, um, you know, the, the, the mundane day-to-day functions of, of um, the city, if you will. They're worried about the tactics um, of their own uh, world, their, their own group. So uh, though they may outrank the base commander, the base commander is still in charge of uh, housekeeping, you know, how the place is run, what, who, who, where, where things belong, where things don't belong, so forth, and so on. So that um, would indicate that this guy might work for, say, a general officer and think, well, I can, you know, I can pull rank on you. Uh, yeah, except that the base com- commander, who's a colonel, right. would outrank the lieutenant colonel and also have the final say over whether or not dad has to move or not. And he's pretty confident that the base commander would say, no, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen that way. <laughs> Well, lucky for him. I'm, you know, I'm glad he knows what to do and how yep. to handle that. That's uh that's really good. Anything else we want to talk okay. about for the good of the episode? Um, well, they talked about. I mean, for those people again who are not overly familiar with the military, you start getting a few sore muscles. You start doing some morning exercises, like with the command staff. Each of the um, uh, force armed forces has what they call a commander general staff college or school and um when they when the officers go to those schools they're generally majors and they learn how to have higher command um not just the the um, lower like squadron level or what have you and um they also learn what takes place on a general staff what what different offices there are what the jobs of those officers are, offices are, and so forth and so on. He is, remember, on an Air, 314th Air Division, um, and that division, I guess, is commanded by a Brigadier General, and he uh, has a staff. He has a programs and, and um, uh, planning uh, department, he has a training department, and he has other de- supply department, uh, logistics, that sort of thing. Oh, so. Wow. Um, He's on a general staff and has been to uh, school to learn how to do that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's why they want him so badly, I suppose. Well, any major uh, with his time and grade should have been to command staff and should have, if he learned anything, should have been capable <laughs> of doing that job. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's not, not unique to him necessarily. Okay. No. no. Okay. Well, I think we're going to wrap the episode up now. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I appreciate you, uh, your attention and, and, uh, and checking us out. And uh, join us next time. We'll continue on with the letters and uh, find out what happens in September. Um, and for now, I'm Kelly Dennis. And I'm Clinton Cathcart saying goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We would love your feedback. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can reach us on Instagram at Lonely Flyboy. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of Letters from a Lonely Flyboy.